welcome to This Week in Brattleboro History, produced by the Brattleboro Historical Society and the Brattleboro Area Middle School. At the end of last semester, remote BAM students reviewed remembrances of people who grew up in our area during the 1950s and 1960s. Many memories were shared and students learned a great deal about the region's past. This week, we are going to focus on stories that resonated most with the students. One of the memories shared by many baby boomers was the telephone party line. A telephone party line was a surprise to many students. As one baby boomer wrote, The only way to get in touch with people was by telephone. In my middle school years, we had a party line at our house. Four households shared one phone line. If you picked up the receiver to make a call, you had to listen to see if someone else was on the line. If so, the polite thing to do was hang up right away, but you were never sure others were doing that unless you heard the click when they disconnected. Sometimes people would ask you to let them use the line. In 7th and 8th grade, I would spend literally hours on the phone in the evenings with one of my two best friends. Most current middle school students have all grown up with cell phones, and the idea of sharing a phone online with your people and your family and three other families was surprising. Also, talking with someone for hours on the phone is a bit of a shock. Most young people would text one another instead of using the phone portion of the cell phone, and they have had access to the phone anywhere, anytime. Public pay phones and home phones connect to the wall seemed odd. One of our respondents from the 1950s wrote how, when I was young, you would call the operator and give her the number you were calling. When we got the dial phone, and eventually when I was in high school, we got a long cord phone so I could take the phone to my bedroom and talk with my friends in private. Phones are an obvious example of how much life has changed for young people. Another example of how things have changed is the ways that young people entertain themselves. Many baby boomers wrote about spending a great deal of time outdoors. One of the outdoor activities that intrigued middle schoolers was the game of marbles. One writer shared, We all played marbles. You could lose your best marble, or you could win someone else's. Marbles were played with both boys and girls, and there were strict rules that everyone followed. Cat-sized comets, solids, clears, and tigers were some of the marble types. Current young people were intrigued by the complexity of the rules and how quickly marbles were won and lost. The idea of not having an adult supervisor or referee during these competitions was eye-opening, but when the middle schoolers began to compare the marbles with multiplayer video games, they began to understand the attraction to the game. Two topics which also pointed out differences between the generations were safety and freedom. Over and over again, baby boomers shared the stories of roaming around their neighborhoods during their elementary years. This was foreign to most current middle schoolers. As one respondent noted, back then we ran wild outside from the time we finished breakfast till the time we went to bed, only returning home to eat lunch and dinner. We had kickball games in the field behind our houses, spent hours playing in the small sand beach down at the Whetstone Brook. There was no adult in charge of us, and amazingly enough, no one ever got lost or drowned or suffered serious injuries. We all looked out for each other. Another writer shared, During the summer, we spent hours of time in the woods with parents not knowing exactly where we were, but not worrying about us either. This hasn't been the experience for most young people growing up in the present generation.
many baby boomers wrote about a quote-unquote rite of passage. In sixth grade, you could be selected to serve as a crossing guard for younger students who walked to school. Current students were amazed that sixth graders were trusted with the safety of younger students on the roads of Brattleboro. One baby boomer did point out how there is a great deal more traffic today than in the 50s and 60s. More examples of freedom and safety were highlighted in the weekend activities of many families. One of the special days of the week growing up in town were Friday nights. All the stores, and there were a lot more of them in those days, were open until 9 p.m. Our parents would gather and chat while the kids roamed the town. The adults would shop and we would meet up in the front of a store and wander until the parents wanted to go home. Bicycles were another rite of passage. As one person wrote, I got my bike when I was 10. From then on, I could explore anywhere. My friends and I would travel all over town and head for the edges of the civilization. Sand dunes, old cellar holes, logging trails, parts unknown were big attractions. While baby boomers were about extended freedom around the home, school seemed less so. Everyone wrote about dress codes. Young women were expected to wear dresses or skirts, and young men were expected to wear trousers, not jeans. A student from St. Mike's wrote, We all wore uniforms. Girls wore green jumpers with white blouses. Boys wore green pants, white shirts, and green ties. When you got to high school, we wore blue uniforms. The freedom of many young people ended at the school door. Students were grouped by ability, so two-thirds of the students were introduced less challenging work than others. As one baby boomer shared, we did a lot of memorizing in elementary school. Of course, there were the multiplication tables, but we also had to memorize the prepositions in the alphabetical order. The Gettysburg Address, the preamble to the Constitution, and the last names of the U.S. presidents in order from George Washington to Lyndon Johnson. To continue with the themes of safety and freedom, baby boomers share their experiences with civil defense drills. The practice of ducking and covering in case of an atomic bomb attack has been replaced with the current practice of intruder alert drills. Enemies from other countries have been replaced by those close to home. Finally, current young people were perplexed by two other stories. In school, the time that was spent learning cursive caused many current students to shake their heads. BAM students didn't understand why baby boomers were first taught to print and then taught to write like an adult. Computers have certainly changed the way we record information. Another story that baffled current students involved the TV show Howdy Doody. Young people understood that there were only three channels back in the 50s and 60s. They also grasped how weather conditions and the time of year could impact the TV antenna's reception clarity. What they struggled understanding was how the children's show Howdy Doody was so well-liked. The remote BAM students watched segments of a few Howdy Doody shows on YouTube, and many did not see the attraction. Apparently, over time, some things don't translate well. Current middle school students found the puppet Howdy Doody to be creepy. Buffalo Bob and Clarabelle the Clown didn't fare much better. Children's TV certainly evolved over the years, and live shows of the past disappeared a long time ago. We like to think that 40 or more people who grew up in the 50s and 60s and responded to the questions from today's youth. While this week we pointed out many differences, the students were more interested in the things they shared in common from the stories of the past, the connections with family, friends, and community. How we make those connections may change over the years, but the students realize the need for them remains. We'd like to thank Bree, Maddox, Maeve, Island, Jonas, Caden, Nina, and Ida for reading This Week in Brattleboro History. 
please join us next week for another story from our community's past.